Hi, everyone, and welcome to Murder Amarillo. We are a true crime book club podcast. I'm your host, Tara. And I'm your host, Michelle. We are putting down our books and picking up the paper. Because this is the morning news. Yeah. How's it going, Michelle? It's going. It's It's been a crazy week. Yeah. Yeah. My, well, I guess two weeks ago, my son had surgery. Mm -hmm. A week and a half ago, my son had surgery. So I've been kind of all consumed with that. My daughter lost a tooth. Like, shit's getting real over here. Right? (laughs) It's a lot all at once. (laughs) It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Life's crazy for me, too. It's now calving season at work, and anybody in the cattle industry knows that it's a lot. (laughs) It's intense. It's a lot. I miss that, though. I love calving season because it's you're busy and, like, you're delivering babies, like, and it's, yes. yeah. It is, it's good because it's like, it feels a little chaotic at times, but like, I'm the person that gets to organize the chaos and like, yeah, make everything work. And the day goes by pretty quick when everybody's yeah. literally running all of the time. So yeah, like it's been interesting. Babies. And oh, babies. babies, the babies are so cute. Baby calves are the cutest babies. Oh yes. All of the species, baby calves and baby goats. Oh, baby goats are really cute. Oh yeah. The cutest. So like little old men. Oh, I love that. (laughs) So yeah, definitely a perk is is the cute babies (laughs) during this crazy. You gotta you gotta find the good. You gotta find the good. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Excellent. Um, as for true crime, because that's not true crime related at all, but you know, just our lives. Yeah. Animal segment and children's segment of murder and merlot. There always has to be at least one aspect of animals in our, in our episodes. Right. Something. Yes. So that is the animal segment for today. Um, True crime news updates. Um, Last morning news, we spoke about our love for lawyer cat, and I wanted to bring up one more win for virtual court hearings. I'm not sure if you heard about this, but I actually, I watched like a 20 minute video of this all happening. Um, It was really interesting. It was a court hearing. It was happening live. And halfway through it, the one state attorney assistant, who is Deborah Davis, noticed that something wasn't quite right in the court situation because it was a salt hearing. And they discovered that the alleged abuser and the alleged victim were in the same apartment during this court hearing. (laughs) Yeah. So it was fascinating because I watched this whole like court case that was going on and I would have had no idea but this state attorney assistant um, just noticed by how the two people were acting like they're just both over zoom they're like using their cell phones obviously to be on this zoom call but just by their body language and they were both kind of like looking off screen once in a while she stopped everything and said, I have reason to believe that the defendant is in the same apartment as the complaining witness right now. And I'm extremely scared for her safety. The fact that she's looking off to the side and he's moving around, I want some confirmation that she is safe before we continue. So they, so I think like during all this happened, like she sent police to the door because like immediately after she's like, Lindsay, where are you right now? There should be police at your door. Please go check to see. And then she went to her door and the police were standing there. And so They both kind of got disconnected for a minute, but then they came back on and sure enough, like he was getting arrested. (laughs) Shut up. So I just thought it was like, it's scary, obviously. And they said they wanted to be there together and they don't want this whole thing, but it sounds like he tried to strangle her. 
So it's like, did she actually want to be there or is he like kind of holding her there? But I was like, Amazing. good for you, Deborah Davis. Like you're a badass. Like I would have never caught on to that. And she was just like, hold up. Something's She's not wrong. safe. We have to do something about it. So like, I just wanted to say bravo to her because that was Amazing. incredible. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, I know. That just made me so happy. Yeah. I was going to do that for my full article. But then I found something else that I wanted to talk about. So then I figured I would mention it anyways, because uh, she needed a shout out for that. 100%. Yeah. yeah I missed that completely because, well, I guess other things have been crazy. Yes, things have been crazy. Well, there's the whole video of it. And I mean, at parts, it's quite boring. Apparently, like court over Zoom is like, <laughs> I couldn't. it's imagine. dry. It is dry. And it's so like weirdly like unprofessional too, because it's like a Zoom, like FaceTime call. And like, I feel like the people aren't really paying attention because they're not actually there. So it's not like formal or it's weird, man. Weird. Yeah. I mean, do they go to court in their pajamas? Probably like they're just wearing hoodies. So it's weird. I mean, I struggle with like Zoom calls with like with my whole family. Like I'm like, this is too much. And I just, I'm here, but I'm on mute because I can't. This is the only Zoom call that I do that I actually get stuff out of really. Yes. Oh, totally. I can't imagine being in court though over Zoom. Like that's insane. No. I mean, I love seeing my family. I love I miss mm-hmm. them all, but it's just hard to like, actually communicate. So I shouldn't say I hate the Zoom call. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I really do miss them all. <laughs> I do. I get what you mean completely though, especially when there's like multiple people all on one session. Like I feel like it's so hard to like jump in and be a part of the conversation just because right. because of the lag and everything. So it just, it isn't the same as a regular yeah. face-to-face conversation. It makes it really and- difficult. Early on last year, when the whole world shut down and we, we started doing like these Zoom calls, and I just remember sitting there being so angry because I couldn't see them in person. Mm-hmm. Right? I I'm better about it now, like, because it's been a year, but yeah, it's a weird feeling for and sure. I can imagine like being a judge having to oversee a Zoom court hearing, right? Like, right. That also would make me angry because I'd be like, why the fuck are you in a hoodie? I'm a goddamn judge. Right. Exactly. Like, pay attention. Like, over here hello this is important yes and then plus everybody else's like technical difficulties that you have to sort out and it it would be a nightmare might get lawyer cat you know right (laughs) I mean that's a win (laughs) 100% (laughs) yeah that is so cool yeah I really wanted to mention that before we moved on awesome yeah but that's all I got no other updates I looked Looked for updates in lots of cases we've talked about recently, but nothing's changed. So I guess we can continue on with our articles for today. All right, friends, grab your glass and get cozy. Let's talk about murder. Dink. All right. So I'm going to go first. Yes. My article is titled, Questions Raised After Edmonton Child Predator Re-Released. How Many Times is Enough? Hmm. The author is Lisa McGregor, and the source is from Global News. So last morning news, you got me all fired up with the horrible dog story. Mm-hmm. Well, this week, I've been fired up all week. Great. This this one. Nice. Yeah. Uh, this case bothers me so much. And trigger warning, if you didn't get it from the title, this is about child sexual assault. I will not be describing the details of the case but more so talking about the failures of the Canadian justice system in cases such as these. 
Mm, yeah. Because I have some feels. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you, and I can't yeah. wait to hear what you have to say about this. So the article got brought up because there is a child sex offender in Edmonton who was released from the Edmonton Remand Center for the third time this past week. Great. It's him, and he has a twin brother who is also a child sex offender. Jesus. Yeah. Um, his name is Kyle Larson, mm. and uh, he's a shitbag. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to read parts of the article and some of the the warnings that are issued after he's been released each time and just mm -hmm. some more details from the article. And then I'll talk about the fails because they're not good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the article says, after the release of convicted child sex offender Kyle Larson in Edmonton on Monday, the question about how many crimes it takes to keep dangerous predators behind bars is being raised. The Edmonton Police Service has issued multiple warnings about convicted sex offender Larson, and officers believe he's at risk for reoffending. Dating back at least five years, Global News has been reporting on Larson's arrests for sexual offenses and his release back into the community multiple times after reoffending. Every single time he's been released, a warning from police to the public has descriptions including sexual offender who poses risk to significant harm to the community, long history of deviant behavior, will commit another sexual offense against someone under 16, and warning about high-risk sex offender being released. In 2008, Larson was convicted for the sexual interference of a six-year-old. In another case, a 10-year-old was lured to a basement and sexually assaulted parole board documents have accused him of preying on children for his sexual satisfaction. Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee said all EPS can control is trying to stop the reoffense from happening. Quote, I think it's one of the bigger is issues in the justice system that we have to address overall because how many times is enough before there are some serious implications, McPhee said on Tuesday. At what point is he re rehabilitated? Is it after the third offense, fourth offense, fifth offense? That's not really clear. We don't have a role in relation to that release other than sometimes being consulted and advised, which how frustrating for Edmonton police, right? Yeah. For right. all police services, you know, you have this horrible offender and mm -hmm. then you just have to let him out Ugh, because I can't imagine he's met the requirements of his sentence, which bullshit terrible. It makes me mad. Yeah. Michael Cooper, MP for St. Albert Edmonton, thinks we need to look at ways to strengthen criminal laws and mandatory jail time to keep repeat offenders like Larson in prison. It keeps happening because unfortunately our laws are not keeping dangerous criminals behind bars. That's really the bottom line. It's a revolving door, Cooper said. Unless you're a designated dangerous offender or subject to a long-term supervision order, the fact is far too many individuals who are dangerous are let out onto the street. Fewer than a 1,000 offenders have been designated as dangerous offenders since 1978, even though 90% of dangerous offenders are sex offenders. Right now, it is a criminal code offense if you, for example, breach a term of bail, but it's not a criminal code offense if you breach a term of your parole. That needs to change, Cooper said. I am hearing a lot of frustration from the public who see this as a revolving door, and rightfully so. Any offender who targets a child is a threat to all children in our community, and it speaks to the need to strengthen our criminal justice system to hold these types of offenders accountable. In response to Global News's question about when enough is enough regarding repeat offenders being released and what it takes for people like Larson to be behind bars, 
Blaise Bomer, the senior press secretary for the Justice and Solicitor General, said, quote, The EPS described Kyle Larson as an untreated sexual offender who poses a risk of significant harm to the community. The government of Alberta respects the professional judgment of the EPS, and we also agree that more must be done by the federal government to protect communities by making it easier for police and prosecutors to designate dangerous offenders. You think? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and the PBC has exclusive authority under the CCRA to grant, deny, or revoke parole. In a statement to Global News about why high-risk offenders are let out of prison, the board wrote, quote, the decision-making process is very systematic and highly structured. The risk assessment process focuses on three major components. The offender's past, behavior, and criminal history, is present, how the offender's behavior has changed, and future, release plan, community support, and supervision strategies. Larson was released from the Edmonton Remand Center and will reside in Edmonton area while being monitored by the police. He must also follow several probation conditions. Okay, so mm -hmm. here's where the article ends and where I begin. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> so this guy has been charged with sexual assault of children three times. So he's been caught three times. Mm-hmm. And he has been let out three times. It is absolutely ridiculous that this isn't something that gets you classed as a dangerous offender. How many more children have to be harmed by this man for the justice system to actually keep him locked up? Mm -hmm. If as soon as he is released, police are issuing a warning to watch your children because this scary jackass is out on the prowl again, why the fuck doesn't he just stay locked up? Mm -hmm. It's my job. Like, as a parent, it is my job to keep my children safe. But the system is friggin' broken. Mm -hmm. If it's releasing people that they know are going to harm again, especially kids, like how many more kids have to be hurt before harsher sentences are enforced? Absolutely. Whose kid, do, whose kid does he have to hurt to make that happen? Exactly. And when they literally say will commit another sexual offense against someone under 16, they yeah. actually put that out there. Like this is hundred percent going to happen. Like, how is there not something in place where you can be like, nope, that's not okay. That's not okay. Like, this <laughs> offender. Like, he's not, like, if he was attacking 16-year-olds, that's bad in itself. Absolutely. He's attacked a 6-year-old and mm -hmm. a 10-year-old. Yes. Children. Children. Babies. Yes. Rage. And they know that he's going to do it again. And he's going to do it again. And there's nothing they can yeah. do until he does it again. And it's which put is complete bullshit yes and it's put on the parents you guys need to keep your children safe and it's like um how about locking these fuckers up and not letting how them out that's my job to begin with I yes will do exactly everything i can to keep my kids safe of course but the bad people in the world that we know are bad people mm -hmm. maybe they should be in a place where they can't hurt anybody exactly can you just help us out just a little bit like come right? on right come on because the bad people will continue to do the bad things whether I'm trying to keep yeah. my kids safe or not. Exactly. Exactly. And then you spoke about the, the risk assessment process or whatever, and mm -hmm. talks about like for their release, like what are their plans for the future and like all that. But we, we know that people will say whatever it takes to for them out. to get out. And from what I've heard, when people go into prison or in, into remand center, the first time they go there is more of a learning experience, uh, how to get mm -hmm. away with more or exactly. like when they get out. Now they have all these tips and tricks to use uh, to commit more crimes. So they know how it goes and they know the, 
the boxes that they have to tick in order to get released again. So it's not that they're making improvements on themselves. They just know what to say. Right. And, and I and I do believe that there are people that can be rehabilitated. There's people that mm-hmm. they wind up in shitty situations, whatever. Sure. They, yeah. they go to prison, they turn their life around. Yes. I don't believe if the EPS is still issuing the same warning after the third time that this guy can be rehabilitated. Agreed. Right? Yeah. Actually, Catherine Ramsland talked about it, um, I believe, about self-reporting. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it was Catherine yeah. Ramsland, was it? Or yeah. was it uh, John Douglas? Sure. Anyways. I'm pretty sure Yeah, but she, she talked about that and how, like, all these serial killers can, you know, talk to psychologists and they can deem them 100% like... Yeah fit they're better they know what they did wrong and everything like that and I know obviously he's not a serial killer I'm not saying that but like I see the similarity in that um and how they can just be released over and over again yeah it's yeah. super frustrating this case like makes me mad I saw his ugly face Facebook feed again and I was like are you fucking kidding me didn't they again? just let him out and yeah. just catch him like right again because I'm sure you like burn their image in your mind when you're a parent. So you, you do. remember these people as, as you yeah. should. And obviously this is close to home for us. It's in Edmonton. We're in, yeah. we're in Alberta. But this happens everywhere. 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 There's, so. there's a Kyle Larson mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. And that's horrifying. Mm-hmm. There should be more that we can do about it. Yes. So that's, that's my article. It's yeah. Not like our typical article because it, yeah, made me mm-hmm. angry. But yeah. Hey. Let's talk about more bigger when you, picture things. Exactly. But when you feel passionately for something, then you should talk about it. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Yeah. Not excellent, but no. good job telling the horrible story, I guess. Yeah. She's a shit bag. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's awful. Yeah. It's not good. No. Like, seriously, my blood pressure is really high right now. Oh, yeah. As you were talking, like, I could feel my blood pressure just, like, rising. And I was, like, biting my tongue because I'm like, I want to say some things right now. (laughs) The things that I want to say aren't. And, like, I have have friends in in the city that are not followers of true crime. They do not. Like, they can't listen to true crime. And they've been sharing his ugly face because of their parents. Good. And I'm like, yeah, as you should. 100%. And as much as sometimes you need to like, you know, look away from the news and turn it off. But then there's like important things like this that like, Mm -hmm. no, you need to see this. You need to be aware. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally. I'm looking very forward to my bizarre article. I'm just saying because I'll get my blood pressure down. Okay, good. (laughs) What what kind of story (sighs) are you going to tell me? Well, let me see. My article title for today says autopsy serial killer known as the i5 strangler was strangled in california prison oh that's fun yeah did you hear about this no okay Again, i've been like living under a rock right so awesome well this article is from wlwt.com which is in cincinnati ohio it's written by uh kcra staff which means nothing to me but good job staff way to go yes so convicted serial killer Roger Kibbe, also known as the I-5 Strangler, was found dead inside his California prison cell on February 28th of this year. According to an autopsy done by the Sacramento County Coroner's Office, the cause of death, ironically, was strangulation. A corrections officer had been doing an inmate count when they noticed Kibbe lying on the floor and unresponsive. 
his cellmate was standing beside him. The 81-year-old was taken to the institutional health care facility where he was pronounced dead. Oh my god, I thought you were meaning that his, his roommate was 81. Oh, sorry. Where did go, 81-year-old roommate? Sorry. Not That's quite. <laughs> nah, it was the feeble old man that got oh, strangled. I understand now. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Initially, Roger Kibbe was convicted in 1991 of killing 17-year-old Darcine Frackenpole in California four years prior. He was suspected in other murders as well, but it wasn't until 2009 that new developments in evidence connected him to six more victims, many of which were found alongside Interstate 5. Kibbe was serving multiple life sentences in Mule Street State Prison when he was killed. Kibbe's cellmate and alleged attacker has been moved to a different unit while the death is being investigated, but at this time, no charges have been filed. According to an article I found on Heavy.com, Kibbe's cellmate was convicted murderer Jason Badreau, who was also serving a life sentence. The man described himself as a Satanist and had a 666 tattooed above his eyebrow. <laughs> Just to paint a picture here. Keeping it classy. I like it. Yeah. In 2010, Badreau had killed his girlfriend, Margaret Dalton, again, by strangulation. She had been aware of his criminal activity, including drug dealing and pimping, and Badreau had become convinced that she was a police informant and was going to turn him in. So he killed her, placed her body in the trunk of her car, had a nap, and then drove himself to the police station, informing the officers about the victim in the trunk. He turned himself in because he figured he was already being watched and they would have found him right away anyways. Too bad he didn't feel compelled to turn himself in for his crimes prior to the murder. I was just going to say that. Because what did you just accomplish? You didn't want to be turned in, so you murdered somebody, and then you had to turn, turn yourself, yourself in for in. murder. <laughs> which the is the dumbest reason for murder I've ever heard. I know, I know. He was also a registered sex offender for the, quote, sexual penetration with a foreign object by force or fear. Ugh. Yeah, and the, the victim was 14 years old. So clearly, he is an awful person. We are on a roll today. I know. Wow. Horrible theme. Um, yeah, I kind of, in a terrible way, I wanted to, like, root for this guy. Because, you know, he strangled a strangler. Um, but, no, this guy, this guy no, fucking sucks, too. Bad. Yeah. Bad. Uh, but anyways, back to Kibby. Although he was only convicted for seven murders, authorities believe there were many more. He had a few interesting trademarks that connected him to others. He was an avid skydiver, and he would use the parachute course to restrain victims, and he cut the clothes of his victims in irregular shapes and kept the fabric as souvenirs. So a little bit more, you know, distinct than drinking from a water glass and putting it back in the shelf or on, in the line. cupboard, you know. you know. So yeah, those are trademarks that it's like, yeah, that actually, you know, could connect some victims. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Vito Bertocini a retired sheriff's detective and a district attorney's investigator never stopped trying to get Kibby to make more confessions. But he never did, and now he never will. However, Bertocini called Kibby's death by strangulation some fitting justice. Quote, I don't wish ill on anyone, but I hope he remembered every one of his victims while he was being killed. End quote. Beautiful. Yep. And that is why I picked this article, because I was like, absolutely. Well done. Yes. That quote, Mr. Bertaccini, which his name makes me think of cheese. I know. Me too. <laughs> no kidding. offense, but like. A hundred percent. Yeah. 
yeah, it looks it's, very it's Italian and Italian very cheese-like. <laughs> in a good way. Yes. Yeah. And I watched, um, I watched him on the news speak about this. Um, and he said that Kibby said that um, when he strangled his victims, it was like putting them to sleep. So wonder what he was actually thinking when that was happening to him. I bet it wasn't as peaceful as he claimed it, it would be. It was probably like that thought bubble that's like, oh, this isn't like putting them to sleep. Yeah. And it's like, Damn oh, it. <laughs> yeah. So it. that is some type of justice right there. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's well, the guy that's killed him, bad dude, awful. Yeah, both bad dudes. Yeah, but but I mean, he was already serving a life sentence, so and poetic justice, right? Like totally. strangler is strangled. That's amazing. Yes, <laughs> it's kind of yeah, crazy how two stranglers were put together. It's like who's gonna strangle? Who? <laughs> Probably the, the more yeah, he's not gonna strangle the young guy but... exactly. Uh, but yeah, and then I tried to uh, look on different places to see if I could find uh, if they said any reason why he felt compelled to strangle this man, but I couldn't find anything about it. So I guess maybe it'll be an update in the future because I'm kind of curious. I'm very curious. Like, what was like, what did he do that made you want to strangle him? Like, how long right? were they cellmates for? Didn't say. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that it um, in the reports. It didn't state how long they were they were bunking together. So who knows? Maybe they'd been cellmates for a long time and he just finally got sick of his just shit. like, I can't, I can't with this old man anymore. <laughs> All Amazing. right. Yeah. Well, I'm super psyched for your bizarre article. I have not read it, but you seem pretty excited. <laughs> My blood pressure is like going down as we speak. Um, I'm just going to read you the title. Okay. Man killed by his own rooster during a legal cockfight in India. What? <laughs> How does that happen? Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay, tell you. please do. I have questions. Which I actually had to learn a little bit more about cockfighting than I ever wanted to. And oh, I had no okay idea about certain things. Okay. But uh, oddly enough, my husband was the person who was able to fill in some of the blanks. And I was oh. like, I don't even want to know why. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I don't know if this is just something that like, dudes know. Like, I have to ask Wiley what he oh. knows about cockfighting. I feel like he knows a lot more than I do. I don't know I, why. I have but... no idea. <laughs> In my head, cockfights were like you put two roosters, yeah, like angry roosters, and I don't know how you make them angry, but whatever. In a ring Just, together, you know. they beat the shit out of each other. Okay, I feel like I don't know. I don't know anything about cockfighting, but I feel like they breed for it right. a bit. Yeah, <laughs> they breed like <laughs> basically angry angry birds together <laughs> right. uh, to make kind of like genetics for like who would be the best uh at the cockfight but I don't know anything about the instigation to actually make them fight and like what happens well I yeah I fill in the blanks okay but I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna read the article and okay you go you go just... girl so um this is from CTV news um and it is just written by their staff and so this took place in New Delhi India mm -hmm. Uh, a rooster fitted with a knife for an illegal cockfight in southern India has killed its owner, sparking a manhunt for the organizers of the event, police said Saturday. The bird had a knife attached to its leg, ready to take on an opponent, when it inflicted serious injuries to the man's groin as it tried to escape, officers said. 
The victim died from blood loss before he could reach a hospital in the Karamingar district of Tel- Telen. Sorry. Nailed Telangala. it. Telangala. <laughs> yep. I don't know how I said that. Telanga State earlier this week. The man was among 16 people organizing the cockfight in the village of Lompener when the freak accident took place. The rooster was briefly held at the local police station before it was sent to a poultry farm. <laughs> You're picturing it, right? They put him in jail, right? Yep. <laughs> like a full cell, not a little cage. Like it was, yeah. he got a full cell to himself. <laughs> Do yourself a favor and picture him smoking a cigarette while he's oh, in the cell. Oh, for sure. With a little like cup that he's like rattling against the right. bars. <laughs> oh, no, man. He's a bad rooster. Like, oh, so he's so like sitting back like cigarette tattoos, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Uh, they were searching for the other 15 people involved in organizing the illegal fight while Mr. Rooster was held at the police station. They, other organizers could face charges of manslaughter, illegal betting, and hosting a cockfight. Cockfights are banned, but still common in rural areas of Telangana. I betcha that's how you say it. Mm, That sounds good. Mm -hmm. Um, And other states. I'm sorry, I cannot pronounce their names. Um, particularly around the Hindu festival of Sankrati. Uh, specifically bred roosters have mm. seven and a half centimeter knives or blades tethered to their legs and punters bet on who will win the gruesome fight. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no, I didn't know that was a thing. Oh my God. Thousands of roosters die each year in the battles, which despite the efforts of animal rights groups attract large crowds. So yeah, they have their own specific little knives that they like strap onto them under like their like thumb claw on their little foot okay i thought their claws would have been enough (laughs) and then they just like go at each other oh my god stab stab stab. that's horrible i didn't know that either (laughs) yeah okay no idea that they were like specific rooster fighting weapons yeah and roosters that yielded weapons i thought they were just like i literally like pictured cockfighting of them like flapping at yeah. each other that's and, like yeah that's exactly what i thought and just like them clawing at each but other no like they fight until one of them dies because yeah. they stab it to death with their little like <sighs> claw knives that's horrible <laughs> i know oh my god like i would have been like dissatisfied with just the article title of that but like that article had so many gems in there like it just kept getting crazier (laughs) not only did the rooster stab his owner he stabbed him in the groin yeah and like i don't have the same parts but like i'm like crossing my legs because oh my god (laughs) and like there's a lot of blood vessels there yeah that's exactly what i was thinking (laughs) oh but i mean the other organizers the rooster did the killing. Yes. Little tattooed smoking cock in the, in the jail. Uh huh. He did the killing, but the other organizers could get charged for manslaughter. Manslaughter? That's wild. What? <laughs> I mean, good. Like, they're obviously bad people. Right? But and wow. I mean, these poor birds. Like, I, I do not like birds, but I, man. Oh, that's terrible. It's like, this is what you're brought into the world to do is right? just shank each other. Like, that's awful. I know. With a little little chicken knife. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I, uh, hate it. I know. It's funny because I actually, <laughs> I have a rooster story from today, which is so random. 
but <laughs> I went to go check. So my were you strapping a knife on? No, <laughs> no, it was not. Um, I didn't organize this cockfight. They organized it amongst themselves. Okay, <laughs> the roosters okay. did. Yeah, but um, I went up there. My dad was feeding his roosters because he's got a barn full of roosters now. Because I didn't want to take care of them, but he felt the need to to own these. Um, so I went up to talk to my dad, and there's this one rooster apparently that just keeps getting out. And it's like pretty well fenced in, but every time we go up there, this one rooster keeps getting up. So then I help my dad and we get it back in his pen. And then like all the other roosters ganged up on it and was beating the shit out of this poor rooster. So he's like trying to fly out of the fence. I'm like, oh my God, I feel so bad. The reason why this rooster is trying to like escape is because- into the pit. Yeah. Because everybody's like beating him up, but it's like, what am I supposed to do with it? If I let it out, like Hank's going to kill him. If I let it back in, the other roosters are going to kill him. The only other solution is for us to kill him. <laughs> like, <laughs> Poor guy. I mean, you could find him a new home. I mean, Michelle, do you want a rooster? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, I'm that's good. what I thought. I'm so good. I don't I have a lot of options. Rooster, so that's, a, that's about all I'm good for. Yeah, well, if anybody wants a rooster that needs a good home, <laughs> hit me up. You can email us <laughs> at Murder and Merlot Podcast. Nope, murder at gmail.com. <laughs> and he doesn't come with his own knife. Right. So yes. Yeah. Uh, no knives included. They are sold separately. <laughs> Kidding. Please don't buy those. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So that's really random that I had Man, a, a rooster like, incident. So vicious, though. Like, oh, yeah. My husband has had to kill a few of my mother in law's mm-hmm. roosters because they start beating her up. She's just wee. Oh. And. <laughs> And like, she'll go in to feed the chickens and it would like chase her and like attack her. Yes. And so my kids were little, like really little Mm -hmm. last time we had to do it. But I think James, he was hardly talking, but he could say, daddy took chicken for a walk. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. A nice long walk. Daddy took chicken for a walk. And so like my kids would just tell people that, oh, my daddy just took chicken for a walk. Oh my God. Yeah, daddy did. That's adorable, but also very morbid (laughs) when you you look at it. That's so funny. Oh oh my God, God, out of their little mouths, it's just so cute. It's adorable. Yes. But I will say most roosters, they're just bluffing. Like they just make themselves look huge and they'll like come at you and you just got to go like, what? What rooster? Yeah, rooster. You just got to stand. You stand your ground, man. You stand your ground and then they're like, shit, what am I supposed to do? I had to help do chicken chores this summer while my mother-in-law was away. And so my husband's like feeding the sheep and like feeding our cows or whatever. And he's like, can you just like grab some crap from the garden and throw it into the chickens? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I could do that. I can yeah. open the door, throw the shit in. It's mm-hmm. fine. You know, right. I don't like being in, in confined spaces with birds, but mm-hmm. I was like, I can do this. And of course my kids weren't there because usually I make them feed them if we're doing chicken chores. Mm-hmm. And so I've got like, bundle full of swiss chard in my hand mm-hmm. and i go and open the door and these chickens start <laughs> fucking running at me and i screamed and i start whipping swiss chard at them and then i slam the door shut and i'm like oh my god <laughs> oh my god yeah i think maybe those chickens came from a line of cockfighting chickens because they sound much more aggressive than mine no no they were just hungry <laughs> and they're just like we want food and i was like oh Get my it. god i'm gonna die <laughs> give me food now. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, as I slammed the door, I like turned around and my husband's standing there looking at me like, what 
the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> They're chickens. Come on. I'm like, oh man. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm a big weenie when it comes to birds. So <laughs> oh, that's okay. It's yeah. fine. I love that. Another yeah. great animal segment from Murder and Merlot. Again, you tell me another podcast that has great stories about roosters, muskrats, bears, porcupines, the weather, weather. (laughs) like just saying we're in our own lane here. (laughs) I mean, I blended them today. The rooster did the murdering. I know (laughs) it it's connected. Like I had to tell that story. Absolutely. And last week it was a bear that bit a woman on the butt. So right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's all connected. It's great. Amazing. Well, let us know what you think about the episode. Do you have a crazy chicken story? I'd love to hear it. Please. Or judge me for screaming at the chickens because I'm scared of them. It's fine. Whatever. Um, <laughs> and if you see a story we should cover, make sure to send it in. You can email us at murdermerlot at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at Murder Merlot Podcast, Facebook at Murder Merlot Podcast, and Twitter at Murder Merlot One. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere else you can find podcasts. We would love if you subscribed, and if you don't, you're dead to me. And remember to drink wine because it's not good to keep things bottled up. Bye. Bye.